the diamond I The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. I have a pair of women's loafers. They are size 8. They are dark navy, going close towards black. They're very safe looking, in fact, very secure. They, there's, what's interesting about them is they've got a, a rubber sole which goes all the way along in these strange geometric shapes right the way to the back and then rises up towards the heel. This is a very interesting silver buckle. The stitching is white and it's very overt. It's almost like a, a sort of moccasin design which really draws your eye to the front of the shoe. It's the sort of shoe that I would be quite happy to run for a bus in. These shoes belong to Sam Lund. This is her story. Hi, my name is Samantha Lund. I am the medical director at Trinity Hospice and a consultant in palliative medicine. I remember vividly the first patient I looked after who died. I can remember looking at her and thinking, this lady is going to die. Still, it is a massive thing. It just is a very... um, human, very moving thing to be part of, to witness. For most people, physically dying is is a very calm and most of the time very peaceful thing. Relatives and close friends are really, really important. Um, You might find that somebody seems quite agitated and distressed um, in the last couple of days of their life and when their family is there they really calm so you don't need medication, they just can hear their family talking around them and it provides them with a massive sense of sort of peace and reassurance. If they can find peace, that's amazing and that helps, but not everybody can. I think it's just trying, being with them, trying. And if they can't, just to be there with them and say, actually, you know, this will be what what it will be and we will be there with you. I think you can achieve a good death, but I also very passionately think that it should be massively individualised. I looked after a gentleman who was very religious and very much didn't want to have medication that would in any way change his sort of cognitive processing because he wanted to be as awake as he possibly could be. That was massively important to him and we managed to uphold his wishes. He died very peacefully without medication. I'm 42 and I have looked after numerous patients who are younger than I am. Sometimes patients who are, you know, if you put it down on paper, would look very much like me. And that makes you reflect, definitely. I would like to think that there was something afterwards. I would like to think there was a place to be. I actually am not sure that I believe that. I think that the impact of a person lives on other than that life is over. I think I would like to be in a hospice if I was dying. 
I interestingly probably would find some comfort from spiritual support. I would like to have everything sorted because that is me by nature. I like to have things organised and sorted out. Um, What I would be doing is thinking, I am going to miss my family. I'm going to miss my children so much. When actually my clinical head says, no, of course you're not going to miss them because you'll be dead. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. What are you thinking about? In a sense, it's trying to understand that you won't have that desperate feeling of loss and missing because actually it won't be you having those feelings. patients that I remember very vividly. I looked after a lady in her 50s. I looked after a young woman who had a very, um, from being fine, but a bit she short, had a cancer. She had a metastatic cancer. She, she was, was so dignified. I remember calling in, finding that she died during the night. I experienced probably some of the most profound fatigue I've ever experienced. Symptoms don't necessarily get worse. People will become more sleepy, less responsive, less and less awake, less able to do the things they would normally. For one person, that change may take place over two weeks. For another person, it may take place over a couple of days. There is so little certainty and actually so little control. Their lives are overtaken by the disease. I can find that that switch off between work and not work quite difficult. If I know somebody personally who has a life-limiting illness, I can really struggle to know how to deal with it, which probably sounds really bizarre given that I do it every day of my life. We had a friend eight or nine years ago who was dying. I knew what was happening and I knew what was likely to happen and I found it very difficult to be with her with that knowledge. I found it quite stressful getting that balance right of being a friend as opposed to being a doctor who deals with this every day and I do still find that quite difficult. My husband particularly is very good at spotting it and very good at saying to me, what is it, what is it that's troubling you? And sometimes it will be nothing more than the fact that we have three people on the ward, all of whom are under 35, and it's just overwhelming because you just think actually this just feels really unfair and I can't make it fair, I can't make them not die. And so it's about sort of sort of holding them and saying, we're here and we can help you, we're here for you. We will be sort of a, a flexible rock, even though that doesn't really work as a kind of idea, but just that we're here and we've done this before and it'll be okay. And that sounds very flippant because they're dying and they know it's not okay, but you're trying your best to do what you can. And I think that's the only way you can get through it. Largely, you probably don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this has come across. I'm largely quite a happy person. I have two children, a 13-year-old boy and an 11-year-old girl. They know a lot about what I do and they have questions and I think 
Yeah, I think they understand. I love my job. I love seeing patients. I love being with patients and helping patients and having that contact. If you just constantly thought about your own mortality, it would be overwhelming, I think. Um, but having a little bit of space to think about it, I think, is, n is not a bad thing because I think it can help you keep things in perspective. You know, life is short. It is actually the one thing that you can be sure of for everybody, apart from taxes is the other thing they say, is that yeah. it is the one thing that you can be sure of. And I think it's really important to... Not necessarily to dwell on it, but just occasionally to have a thought about it. Sam's story was produced by Robbie McInnes and David Waters. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next. <laughs>